Tuesday, June 27th. Welcome back to Damon Bruce Plus. It's great to have you here. Good to see so many people assembled and ready to go before I even hit the go live button. Uh, to say that Plus stock is up right now would be an understatement. We're coming off of an incredible month. Um, it's really, really happening. And uh, it's pretty exciting to watch happening. I wish I could share my analytics page with all of you because it it's nice to watch. It really is. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for choosing it. Once again, it means an awful lot. And we're going to talk about some Bay Area sports stock prices today as we get into a Tuesday, an Otani Tuesday. Again, his stock is going up and he'll be part of this stock report. But we begin with the man who holds the most power in his hands in Bay Area sports right now. And that man is Draymond Green formerly of the Golden State Warriors. Will he be a Golden State Warriors forever? If I can quote Monte Ellis, he's not a Golden State Warrior right now. This man is without contract. He is without a home, and hopefully he comes on back home. But this really is the most power in the palm of Draymond's hand that he has ever had. I mean, it's not even a close to another point in time in his career. The Warriors desperately need him to return in order to even try to keep this thing going. And there are other NBA teams that are officially going to start lurking come Friday when NBA free agency officially begins and Draymond's phone can start ringing if it hasn't back channel started ringing already. And we all know it probably has. That's the way it all works. Tampering, pshaw. It's the NBA. Everybody talks to everybody. Um, his phone's going to start ringing on Friday. And the real questions will then become, who's on the other end of that phone? What exactly are they offering? And how much will Draymond like what he hears from someone else? We know his loyalty to the Warriors has been expressed explicitly throughout the entirety of his career. Draymond, not for a day, for all of his strengths, demerits there's one thing that is clearly obvious is that Draymond has been loyal to the Warriors since the day he was drafted and that mind setting I think has him of course returning to the Warriors but he's about to hear overtures that he hasn't heard since what he was on his Michigan State recruiting trip all of a sudden what does Draymond really want is going to hit the table? What is going to whet his appetite? Is it going to be a dollar amount? Is it going to be that extra guaranteed year that the Warriors at this particular time weren't willing to put on the table? Is it going to be a better chance to win a title than he thinks he has should he return to the Golden State Warriors? I mean, to me, the ring culture has already anointed Draymond Green, you done good. I mean, that guy's got four championships. So if he wanted to pursue a dollar amount, a contract, I, 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 I know he's a huge competitor, but how about maybe making $30 million a year in a state without a biggest tax bracket as, as, as California has? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think Draymond's necessarily motivated by money as much as he is opportunity and a little loyalty thrown in there. But 
Draymond Green right now holds not only the stock of his career in his hands with the most powerful negotiating position he's ever been in in his career, he holds what feels like the future of the Golden State Warriors right in the palm of his hand as well. So this is a fascinating time for Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors. And to say that the Warriors might need Draymond more than Draymond needs the Warriors isn't exactly a totally out-of-pocket, out-of-left-field thought. Interesting times indeed. Uh, stock certainly going up for our sponsors. Before we go any further here, I want to thank my man, Ike. I don't know why I keep on putting the graphical overlay right over his face right there. I don't know why I do that. I just think it lines up pretty funny. Uh, but there he is. There's Ike. That man serves delicious sandwiches. He does it at nearly a hundred different locations throughout the West Coast. And if you need a delicious sandwich today, Get yourself to Ike's. You're going to be awfully happy that you did. Um, we got Uncle Boys, a delicious burger in San Francisco. Go to the Inner Rich, Balboa and 4th, and you will find yourself at Uncle Boys. You will find yourself uh, on a nice day with a little parklet to sit in. If not, get that burger to go, baby. Get it to go. Bring it home. Get the onion rings. Don't sleep on the lumpia. Get that lumpia as well. You'll be happy that you did. Uh, you will be very, very happy if you pick up a bottle of Blackened, a delicious whiskey. If there ever was a delicious bottle of whiskey at a price point that makes you say, I'll take two of those. Get yourself a bottle of Blackened, A-plus, top-notch, top-shelf whiskey that fits in any cocktail you might be making, straight up neat, on the rocks, however you want it. You get it that way with blackened uh, trust Uncle Damon. He knows sandwiches, burgers, and whiskey. He also knows that when it comes to Bay Area sports conversations, there is no more exacerbated sports conversation than who's the 49ers quarterback? Literally been having this fucking conversation for the entirety of Kyle Shanahan's era. I mean, it never ends, even when it looks like it ends, because, ah, Jimmy's back. It never ends. It never ends. Guess whose sports talk is going up? It's Brock Purdy once again. The object in the rearview mirror is now not closer than it seems or appears. It's further away than it seems or appears. And that object that we're talking about is Trey Lance. Trey Lance stock has basically been delisted by the New York Stock Exchange to the point where Trey Lance's nickname should be Odyssey. Uh, there can't be a bigger warning sign for a quarterback than Kyle Shanahan drafted you, has coached you for a few years, and is trying to trade you. So any element of now Trey Lance is available comes with a built-in warning sign for the rest of the NFL. If Kyle doesn't like what he sees, why would other coaches line up to see what Kyle is telling you? He doesn't like what he's seeing. Not only is the stock price of Trey Lance falling. The stock price of Brock Purdy continues to rise with the latest I don't know if it's breaking news, but the latest 
piece of news from Tom Pelissero, which came out yesterday afternoon that said Brock Purdy is headed to Jacksonville to throw with a quarterback coach and an orthopedic specialist serving as another sign that Purdy's progressing through his rehabilitation following elbow surgery and remains on track to be ready for the 2023 season. So things are looking good for Brock Purdy. Um, the only news since his surgery on his elbow has been good news and that's why his stock along with the falling stock of odyssey lance uh is is up so things are looking good for brock purdy his stock continues to rise uh maybe it's me maybe it's just the way i'm looking at it but i'm telling you trace jackson davis stock is so reasonably priced right now, you should buy some. Get in early, kids. That's how fortunes are made. Now, you could also buy in. It doesn't work out, and that's the way it goes. It's it's called investing. You hope it all goes well. I hope it all goes well for Trace Jackson Davis. We had a comprehensive breakdown of what he's done in his career. We've actually got a little highlight video, about a 10-minute highlight video of everything I said that's going to be Pumped out this weekend for you here. Little weekend enjoyment on the plus. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, the burden of expectations, let's face it, they don't even exist for him for most people. One of the most common reactions I've had to my Trace Jackson Davis segments and uh, accolades that I've given him uh, is that, hey, Damon, I don't really watch a lot of college hoops and I had no idea that this is the guy the Warriors just drafted. They drafted a basketball player. For once, Steve Kerr is going to have a rookie that he only needs to teach NBA to. He doesn't need to teach them the sport of basketball. Steve Kerr has been handed a, a class of rookies where he has to teach them the sport of basketball, much less NBA basketball. And Trace Jackson Davis comes in with a graduate's degree in basketball. Let's see how it translates. But he's got an NCAA Hall of Fame resume. That doesn't always translate to NBA success, but more often than not, it does. It does. So buying low and selling high is the secret to stocks. I'm telling you, Trey Lance at 57 is a steal. Oh, my God. That's a gold sheet steal. I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Hold on. I want to be able to push the button that corresponds with this next stock report. Where is it? Are you ready? You're not going to believe this. I got hockey stock. Yeah, that's right. Hockey stock. San Jose Shark hockey stock. At the risk of having everyone watching right now, go watch something else. Uh, Eric Carlson of the San Jose Sharks. He's not a Jonas, but I do like Eric Carlson, and you should too, and the NHL certainly does, and he just got put in rarefied air in his career. Eric Carlson, the best blue liner in hockey. He wins the Norris Trophy now with his, uh, what, third different club? We're talking about Chris Chelios, Doug Harvey, and Paul Coffey, the only other defensemen to ever win Norris trophies in three different cities. Carlson is the only active hockey player with three Norris trophies overall right now. And this one comes 11 seasons after his first Norris trophy. 
And that's the longest gap ever between Norris trophies, or is that Trophy? Between Norris Trophy and uh, between the first one and the last one you just won. So an 11-year gap that's a decade of excellence from this guy. He's just the sixth defenseman in NHL history with a 100-point season, and Carlson becomes only the ninth to win the Norris Trophy three times in the history of hockey, just the ninth guy to ever win it three times. Um, Connor McDavid, of course, won the Hart Trophy. Would have been his second unanimous Hart Trophy, but some idiot had to put him fifth on the ballot because he, you know, whatever sports writer stupid excuse they wanted to use, you know, like he didn't deserve any more votes or I didn't need to go ahead and and, and have him number one. I could put him fifth on my ballot to give other people some credit and credit. No, shut up. You're an asshole. Whatever hockey writer didn't put Connor McDavid on top of his Hart Trophy um, ballot is just uh, the, the, the kind of... Uh, fart-sniffing douchebag that deserves to have their thumbs broken before they're allowed to vote on anything in sports again. Would have been the guy's second unanimous MVP. But I, I will say this about Eric Carlson, a uh, fantastic hockey player who is doing nothing to help the Sharks win hockey games at this particular time, and that's not his fault. That's a bad hockey team. The Sharks last year, uh, what were they, 22 wins 60 points, one of the worst teams in all of hockey. You don't need a Norris Trophy winner on your blue line if you are one of the worst teams in hockey. He's got an incredibly team-friendly deal at this point. Trade Eric Carlson. It is time for the Sharks to hit that reset button hard, and you could maybe get an awful lot back for a player of Eric Carlson's career. So there you go. The business of stock report here in the Bay Area, you'd think would maybe also include the San Francisco Giants, but I'm going to be stingy on this one. I'm going to be a little stingy. I don't want to get too excited. I'm already too excited about Trey Lance. I'm already too excited about Brock Purdy. I'm already too excited uh, about Draymond Green resigning with the Warriors. I don't want to get too excited about everything, including the San Francisco Giants, whose youth movement is officially exciting. It's underway. It's happening. It's real. <laughs> they're real and they're fantastic. Uh, I want to see the Giants close the dozen games that they've got remaining between now and the end of the first half, and I want to see them close it hard. You got 12 games left. Can you go eight and four? Can you go nine and three? Can you go bonkers and go 10 and two over your last dozen? They're on a six game roadie starting tonight in Toronto. And we'll get into the particulars of all that. Then they're heading to New York. The Mets obviously are underachieving. So on this six game road trip, can you make it four and two? Can you go five and one? Just won six and oh on a six game road trip. Last time you're on a six game road trip, asking for that twice in a season is a, is an ask to say the least. How about five and one? How about four and two? Worst case scenario, three and three. But if you want to be better than that, be better than three and three. I think they got it in them. I think they got it in them. You want some stock? How about uh, the NFL is doing Das Guten Business over in Germany. Have you seen this story that's come out today? The tickets for Germany's second-ever NFL game, which is Chiefs-Dolphins, went on sale uh, noon local time in Germany on Monday, and Das Interest is open. Two minutes. Two minutes into tickets for sale, actually hit 
Das Ticketmaster und Unmaster Ticken, I'm guessing is what it's called. Uh, and by the way, Unmaster Ticken is uh, awful over in Germany as well because uh, the queue for Das Tickets to Das NFL, the queue was 1.4 million people in line. 1.4 million people in Germany, Das Interest, was through the roof looking to buy tickets to this game, and it was sold out in 15 minutes. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a division of football in Europe. They keep delivering numbers like that. I don't know how you do it. The NFL needs to reinvent the Concord to get people across the pond faster than ever before. I, I, how do you do it? Maybe call Elon, get his Hyperloop. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But my God, 1.4 million Germans looking to buy tickets for the second ever football game to hit German soil. Das Guten Business is going on over in Germany. There is no doubt about that. I am this close, this close to muting the name Dame Lillard on Twitter. It's got nothing to do with Dame Lillard. I love Dame Lillard, and I love Dame Lillard's loyalty, even though at this point it might even be working against his own best interests to win an NBA championship. But something that I think needs to be explained to people, that ring culture is much more ingrained in NBA fans than it actually is in some NBA players. And that does not mean that that player is now an inferior player or doesn't know what right target there is to be shooting at. Here's a concept that I know will be lost on an awful lot of people who are insisting that Damian Lillard absolutely needs to leave Portland to do what's best for him, to do what's best for the NBA, to do what's best for his own legacy, to do what's best for obviously a lot of fans that think, oh, Dame Lillard comes to my town, we're going to win an NBA title. Here's a concept that might be foreign to some of you. Maybe, just maybe, hear me out here, Dame Lillard's happy? How could such a thing exist? How could happiness exist without a chance to win an NBA championship just laying right in front of you? Maybe the guy's happy. Maybe the guy likes Portland. Maybe in Dame Lillard's mind, going down as the single greatest Portland trailblazer of all time holds more value in his own mental trophy case than hopping to another team, a better opportunity, and winning a ring there. You want to talk about OGs? I mean, kids these days, they, they couldn't even identify with an OG, right? You, you, you don't know what loyalty even is. And Dame is from Oakland. Now, you go ahead and you find me a town that produces more loyalty or more pride of where you're from or who you grew up with or what you're doing or who you're doing it with. Oakland is a massive blue collar ride or die town. If there ever was one and it produces people with that mindset. And the one thing I know about OGs is that kids probably can't even understand them these days. Lillard is 32 years old. 
He is going down as the greatest Portland Trailblazer of all time. He's been there for 11 seasons, and obviously market equity means something to him. It means something to him. The opportunities to leave have been in front of him for, for a long time. Uh, free agency begins on Friday, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, as the wheel of NBA business continues to turn, Dame Lillard's thinking about Portland will turn and take his mind to other opportunities. Not that he's about to be a free agent. He'd have to be traded for anything to happen. Maybe the lure of something new bites him, but in the meantime... Can we just let Damian Lillard be happy with where he is and what he's doing? And oh, by the way, he's got $45.6 million coming to him next year. Do you know how far $45.6 million goes in Portland? I'm guessing at this point, Dame Lillard lives in a castle with turrets and a moat and a drawbridge and maybe even a dragon. $45 million is a lot of money to live however you want just about anywhere in the world. In Portland? Do you get your own city? Does he have Lillardburg to go home to at night? So I, I just, I can't take another story about how I need Dame Lillard to leave Portland. Maybe Dame Lillard doesn't need Dame Lillard to leave Portland. Anyone ever think of that? And driving me nuts. So stock down on me seeing Dame Lillard on Twitter. I can't I can't take it anymore. And it's not Dame's fault. It's all the Yahoos who just they, he's gotta go. He's gotta go. He's gotta go. Why? Maybe he's happy. Maybe he's enjoying a dozen years in Portland. Ah, sip of the day. So we're going to slip into Club Plus because we're never, ever going to waste your time. But I got one more bit of stock report to give you, and that is Mr. Shohei Otani. It is an Otani Tuesday. Uh, there will be a special video dropping tonight for you, for the Plusers, and for Japan. Konnichiwa. Uh, Otani. Just hit his major league leading 26th home run of the season on Monday. His 62 RBI lead major league baseball. He leads the Angels in home runs, hits, batting average, RBI, on-base percentage, stolen base, slugging percentage, OPS, and war. Again, impressive because Mike Trout is, is his freaking teammate. He starts again Tuesday night, tonight. He's fourth in strikeouts in all baseball. He's got a top 20 ERA. He's got a 247 ERA at home. He's tied for the six most wins in the American League. He leads the Angels in pitching war, whip, and ERA. <laughs> I mean, that guy is amazing. And we'll see how he handles a Chicago White Sox lineup Tuesday night. Along with all of those accolades, Shohei Otani has secured himself his own segment here on the plus. So if I were him, I'd be putting that on the negotiating table as he considers what is got to be the single highest paid per season salary ever 
in Major League Baseball if he really does become a free agent this winter? What is he worth as a free agent this winter? Shohei Otani? Oh, my God. He's going to be baseball's first 50, 60 million dollars a year player. 50 million a year? I wouldn't pick up my phone if I were Shohei Otani. Unless your number started with a five. 50 million a year, and I want at least eh, eight years. I'm not kidding. Shohei Otani is about to get paid like no other baseball player's ever been paid ever, and he's still underpaid at that price, whatever it might be. Guys, unbelievable. Truly an unbelievable talent, the likes of which we have never seen before. Babe Ruth can suck it. He's never been like this. Before we slip into Club Plus, two more things. NBA owners aren't just anti-warriors, aren't just anti-Joe Lacob. They're anti-anyone else following the Warriors model. There is a second tax apron that is in effect this year, but has extra punitive damages attached to it next year, which is probably the single biggest reason why the Warriors moved on from Jordan Poole. Oh, but Draymond and the punch and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, sure. But they would have, I truly believe, stayed and stuck with Jordan Poole had this second tax apron not been added. And I know that this is the kind of stuff that makes people go, click, I'm, I don't need to hear about luxury tax and tax aprons that, that just on its surface sounds boring. But what it really is, is it's a formal invitation from NBA owners to themselves to never go there. Starting in 24-25, starting not in this coming season, but in the following season after this season, the penalties become savage to the point where they include draft pick freezing and pushing the pick back to the bottom of the round if you stay above the second apron. So, obviously, if you're staying above that apron, you're looking to compete and contend, and you probably don't have that much of a draft pick anyway. But this cements it. You're going to have it pushed back to the bottom of the round. And I've been thinking about this. I really have. I've been thinking about this. And this is not just a break up the Warriors apron. I'm sure the Warriors feel like it is. To me, it's not just existing to break up the Warriors. It's almost like a a version of collusion, a, a collusion handbook a rule book that invites a level of, I guess because it's all written down, it's not collusion. It's happening on top of the table, not underneath the table. But basically, all NBA owners have agreed, we're not spending above this. The penalties for going from here to here are so damaging, so punitive, 
that only an idiot would do business up here. Aggressive stays down here. Idiot goes to here. And the name of this rule book should simply be called Thou Shall Not Spend This Much Money. I'm not the only one thinking this way. This isn't just to break up the warriors. It's to prevent any other owner from even thinking like Joe Lacob thought. Brian Toprick of Bleacher Report is thinking what I'm thinking too here because I've been thinking about this and we share the same thoughts. Brian writes, I wonder if all the rules limiting what teams above the second apron are more of an excuse for owners to not want to pay that much than actual impediments to improving a team. We obviously need more details, but I'm starting to have questions. In other words, this isn't about just aggressive spending to win more. This is a level of economics that we forbid you to even consider. And should you consider the rewards for reaping what would you'd hope be big rewards for going way above that threshold will actually not even it'll it'll make the championship you win not even worth it should you win a championship so this isn't just about breaking up the warriors this is about breaking up anyone who would ever think aggressively like the warriors there's no doubt in my mind a very Oh, well, hold on. Before we get to a very important happy birthday, uh, we do have baseball, uh, not just Shohei Otani, but we got baseball. We got the Giants in Toronto to see Brandon Belt and have some poutine, I'm guessing, while they're up there. A 4.07 start time, so you got a little afternoon tea totaling. You can have 4.20. Ganja jar. You can have 4.20 with your San Francisco Giants in Toronto. Ryan Walker is the opener against Kevin Gosman, who, by the way, is second in baseball in strikeouts this year. Giants took two of three from first place Arizona. They're officially two and a half games back of the division. They're 10 games over 500 as they begin this six-game road trip. They're going to step right up to meet and greet the Mets coming on Friday. I think they're on Sunday night baseball this weekend. So Giants trying to finish this impressive first half that they've cobbled together on an impressive note making hay on this six game homestand would be a really good or a six game road trip I should say uh, is a really really good idea the A's are hosting the Yankees it's the first of a six game homestand over in Oakland again back to their losing ways are the A's they're on track for a 41 and 121 season ugh Hashtag FJH, which stands for Fuck John Fisher. Do we have that clear? Do we all know what that stands for? Other stations may not have the will to say that out loud. Here we go. Fuck John Fisher. We end today's Damon Bruce Plus show with a very, very happy birthday to one of the all-time guys movies on this day in 1981. Boom, chugga, lugga, lugga, boom, chugga, lugga, lugga, boom, chugga, lugga, lugga, boom. 
Stripes came out. Stripes. Happy birthday, Stripes. Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, John Candy, John Larroquette, a very young Sean Young, Warren Oates, Sergeant Hulka. If you look closely, you'll find a very young Bill Paxson in there. It's a guys movie Hall of Famer. It's a first ballot guys movie Hall of Famer. Uh, I've been in rooms where just men are laughing out loud at stripes and 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 the women in the room are like, what what is so what what are you doing? What is so funny about this? I'm not saying women don't get this humor, but this is definitely a guys movie if there ever was one. Um, it's got some iconic scenes, and I will say that the stripes highlight reel is actually better than the movie Stripes. I mean, the iconic scenes are the, from the drill yard to the there she was uh, just a walking down the street singing do I did it, did it, dumb did it. That phenomenal, phenomenal. I remember getting a VHS tape of Stripes and rewatching that scene with my dad dozens of times in a row. We thought that was just so funny. Of course, the mud wrestling scene, Hollywood's not cranking out mud wrestling scenes anymore, so enjoy it while you can. Where's your sergeant? Blown up! <laughs> I love that movie. But if we're being completely honest, and that is the goal here on Damon Bruce Plus, the goal of the plus is always going to be honesty. If we're being totally honest, that movie should end, should have ended in the drill yard. Because when they actually, what, go behind enemy lines in the RV, the Army's Winnebago, that movie goes from, this is fantastic, to you're officially, like, looking at your watch. When is this over? That goes from A-plus guys comedy to C-minus, as soon as they leave basic training. Just being honest, Stripes. Just being honest. I honestly thank you all for tuning in. If you're just listening on the podcast, I thank you very, very much. It's been an incredible month for the podcast as well. Uh, growth over growth over growth is all we're looking at. And I want to thank you for allowing that to happen because without you clicking on it, without you following it, without you subscribing to it, we got nothing over here that looks like growth. We got hockey stick growth. And it's because of you. So thank you very, very much. I want to remind you, every day, live, YouTube, Monday through Friday, you get a live Damon Brew show. It's great that you tune into the podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.